1: Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit. Full plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. Ctmobile.com. Welcome
0: to Active Shooter, the podcast.
2: After decades now of mass shootings, mass, mass shootings, shootings, mass shootings. Mass shootings. We haven't found the answer. A tribute to the victims of two mass shootings. A tribute to the victims of two mass shootings. Thank
0: you for listening to Active Shooter, the podcast.
2: You are listening to Active Shooter, a podcast that may contain adult themes, explicit language, and graphic depictions of violence. Portions of this show may be traumatic for those under 18. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Good afternoon. An update now on that deadly shooting near a busy shopping mall in El Paso, Texas. It happened at a Walmart near Cielo Vista Mall this morning, about 10 a.m. local time. The scene is about seven miles from downtown El Paso. Here is what we know at this hour. NBC News has learned that at least 18 people have been killed. One suspect is in custody.
0: When a concerned mother called the police on June 27, 2019 at 11.15 a.m., she would never have thought that her son would do the unthinkable and open fire in an El Paso, Texas Walmart and kill innocent lives. Her concern wasn't about her son creating the largest mass shooting of 2019. No, she was concerned that her son's age, immaturity, and lack of gun knowledge when handling the firearm could result in him hurting himself. Unfortunately, the police told her that because her son was 21 years old, it was perfectly legal for him to own the gun, and there was nothing that the police could do.
2: She was concerned about her 21-year-old son owning an assault-style rifle due to his age and lack of experience with that type of firearm. She did not identify herself or her son to police. The attorney tells us the Allen Police Department did not file the call or follow up on it, and a public safety officer told her son was legally old enough to purchase the weapon. Now, we don't know whether the gun she called about was the same AK-47-style firearm used in the attack. His family says the Allen Police Department did nothing but a good job answering questions about gun ownership.
0: Not only was her son of legal age to own the weapon, Texas is also an open carry state. This means that a person can openly carry a firearm out in the public, as opposed to concealed carry, which refers to when a person is carrying a firearm concealed on their person. Usually when people are openly carrying a weapon, They have a pistol holstered to their side, visible to anyone who can see the person. On August 3rd, 2019, a 21-year-old man drove his vehicle, a Honda, from Allen, Texas, to El Paso, Texas. A drive that would cover more than 650 miles in over 9 hours. He drove around the neighborhood, trying to find the best place to plan his attack. After getting lost in the city of El Paso, he decided to stop at the Walmart near the Cialo Vista Mall which was one of the busiest Walmart stores in the country to get something to eat. While sitting at the McDonald's restaurant located inside the Walmart Supercenter, the shooter looked around, realizing just how many people are inside the store at the time. There were anywhere from a 1,000 to 3,000 shoppers in the store that were taking advantage of the back-to-school sales as the schools in Texas would soon be starting. There were also over a 100 employees in the Walmart helping the different shoppers throughout the store The shooter thought that this would be the perfect opportunity to carry out his attack. He went back to his vehicle, collected his weapon, and started on his mission. Wearing a black shirt, khaki cargo pants, tactical glasses, and earmuff ear protection, he started his attack in the Walmart Supercenter parking lot, pointing his gun and pulling the trigger at unknowing customers. A couple had been sitting in their car, preparing to exit their vehicle and enter the store when they were each shot seemingly out of nowhere. Members of the El Paso Fusion soccer team were just inside the store, selling fresh squeezed juices and snacks to raise money in order to buy new jerseys for their team, which consisted of all girls ages 10 and 11. It was the fast-acting choices that the team's assistant coach, Benny McGuire, made when he took off yelling throughout the store, telling the team and customers to run, A grandparent of a team member and five parents of the team members were wounded, including the head coach. All the young soccer players were spared their lives.
3: All of a sudden, in the middle of us laughing and having a good time talking, they just started shooting, but we didn't know there were shots. It sounded like somebody threw black hats at the street. Then we noticed that, no, they're they're gunshots. So I just yelled, they're shooting, throw yourself on the floor. We all threw ourselves on the floor. We had nowhere to run. There was nowhere, no way we could have ran out of there. I hid behind the SUV that was there, behind the tire. And I looked to the front. This guy was two cars away from us, just shooting at us. And I saw him reload his gun and walk towards us again. And he just cold-bloodedly came straight at us and shot us. He shot eight rounds. I had to pretend I was dead. And he was right next to me. And he shot eight more rounds. And all I could say is, God, please take care of my children. And please don't let him do anything to my daughter or any of the girls in our team.
0: Thanks to the parents and coaches of the team, a lot of the customers were given time to run and hide. Some of the customers just chalked the noise up to being roof construction or fireworks and weren't able to escape as quickly as others. As you can imagine, the scene was very chaotic with people yelling both in Spanish and in English. One shopper, Christopher Grant, was in the produce aisle and saw the man enter the store. Instinct kicked in, and Christopher started throwing bottles at the gunman to try and deter him off course and interrupt his killer mission.
4: I'm standing in the parking lot, and I saw him popping people off. I was inside the produce department, which is right by the front door, and I saw him popping people off, and I was like, you know, this is crazy. So when To deter him, I started just chunking bottles. I just started throwing random bottles at him. And I'm not a baseball player, so one went this way and one went that way. And then one went right towards him, and then that's when he saw me and just started. And I ducked and started. I was behind the chips, and so I ducked, and he just boop, 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 started firing off rounds at me. And I was like, oh, my God, this guy's shooting at me. And then so when I got hit it was like it was like somebody put a hand grenade in your back and pulled the pin that's basically what it felt like felt like and then so I was like oh my god I got to get up I got to get, get up get up get up get up and then so he walked to the bank <clears throat> which was right by the restrooms and just randomly started I mean people were praying in Spanish Por favor, no, no, por favor, no. And he was just, they were on the ground, and he still just shot him in the head. I mean, they were praying in Spanish. I mean, I'm from El Paso, and I know Spanish, and they were praying, please, please, don't shoot me. And he had no remorse for their lives at all.
0: The shooter entered toward the center of the store, yelling phrases such as, get out, where are you? The shooter would pull the trigger, spraying bullets throughout the store. A store manager was coming back inside the store after taking a break for some fresh air when he heard something that sounded like car backfiring. When he went to look into what the noise was, he saw a man with a gun shooting at random. The manager was able to warn other employees via a two-way radio by using a company code. When he realized just how real the situation was, He forewent the company code and said, Shooter! Shooter! Witnesses said the gunman was shooting at random, while others said he was allowing Caucasian and African American people to exit the store unharmed. The shooter walked the aisles one by one, pulling the trigger whenever he got the chance, stalking the customers like a predator would stalk his prey. At the same time, customers were running for their lives. Those that decided not to run hid under shelves tables chairs listen to this next clip taken by a woman who is hiding under a walmart shelf the following clip contains the sound of gunshots and may be triggering for some people if you are not comfortable hearing this audio please skip forward 52 seconds The customers that did run ran out the emergency exits and were able to hide in shipping containers outside of the store. There were bodies and blood everywhere. The fire alarms were ringing in everyone's ears and no one knew if the shooter pulled the fire alarm himself to make people run or if a customer had pulled the alarm to alert others of the shooter inside the store. Six victims were shot while at the bank inside of Walmart and at least three nearby restaurants had gone on lockdown, and some shoppers had even sought cover in the restaurants. Customers were literally running for their lives as a storm of bullets rained down on top of them. Time had come to a complete stop. After the shooter felt his mission was completed, he walked calmly back to his vehicle and drove away. Within six minutes, law enforcement was on the scene at the El Paso Walmart Supercenter not far from the Walmart at the corner of Sunmount Drive and Viscount Boulevard the shooter pulled his car over exited his vehicle and surrendered himself to a Texas Ranger motorcycle officer he would put his hands in the air and confess i am the shooter at 11:03 a.m. the shooter was handcuffed and taken into custody with the police officers not firing a single shot from their service weapons 22 people had been killed and 25 had been injured. The shooter was shackled, placed in the back of a police car, and taken down to police headquarters. Detective Adrian Hernandez sat the shooter down in interview room number four and read the gunman his Miranda rights. He waived his Miranda rights and agreed to speak to the detective. El Paso, or the Pass in Spanish, has a predominantly Hispanic or Latino population. Of the approximately 700,000 people that call El Paso home, 80% of them are from some type of Hispanic or Latino descent. There is also a large military presence in El Paso, with the Mexican border being just five miles from the El Paso Walmart Supercenter. The William Beaumont Army Medical Center, Biggs Army Airfield, and Fort Bliss of the United States Army were all stationed in El Paso, Texas. El Paso is an exceptionally sunny city, averaging 302 sunny days a year, but little did the residents of El Paso know. Darkness can still prevail, despite all of the sun. Out of the 22 victims that lost their life that day, 13 were American, 8 were Mexican, and 1 was German. Family members scrambled and tied up the phone lines as they called everyone they could think of, trying to find beloved family members that they couldn't contact. A reunification center was set up at Ponder Park, but soon outgrew that location and was moved to MacArthur Elementary School, where family and friends could go to hopefully be reunited with their loved ones. We will be right back after these short messages. Jordan and Andre Anchondo had gone to Walmart to purchase school supplies for their daughter, who was due to start school soon. After dropping their daughter off at cheer practice, Jordan and Andre buckled their two-month-old son into his car seat and headed towards Walmart. After arriving and entering the store, the gunfire soon followed. Andre died protecting his wife, Jordan, from the hail of bullets while Jordan died protecting her precious two-month-old baby, falling on top of him, clutching him to her chest. Because of his parents' heroic efforts, the young boy only suffered a few broken fingers. They were beautiful, they were very hard-working. They were amazing parents to their three children.
4: They gave what they could for them as far as support, and most importantly, they gave everything they could in love. And that's what ultimately we'll remember about them.
5: They were um, their oldest child, Skylin, who turned five yesterday. Uh, was dropped off at tear practice, and I think they had a closed practice. So Andre and, and Jordan and baby Paul had headed to Walmart um, to do some school supply shopping. He um, bruised up, uh, two fingers broken. They did an MRI this morning, and everything turned out fine. He was just released from uh, UMC Children's uh, an hour and a half or so ago. Roughly. Uh, to his uh, grandparents, so I guess as children are resilient, shouldn't be faced with this situation, but he's he's doing great considering the circumstances.
0: Dave and Kathy Johnson had taken their nine-year-old granddaughter to the El Paso Walmart also to purchase school supplies. The nine-year-old was bouncing from aisle to aisle, excited about the upcoming school year, and picking out the newest pens and pencils. They were at the checkout line when Dave would first hear the gunfire. Dave would die protecting his granddaughter and her grandmother from the sea of bullets that sprayed them that August day. Listen as Dave's daughter describes how her father saved the lives of her mother and daughter.
2: They were in the checkout line. They were about to buy everything and... She just said she saw him go down after he pushed him. She didn't know what he was trying to tell them, that he, he was trying to tell them something, but that he was just pushing him. And Is that like something your dad would do? Yes, a million times, yes. My mom and my daughter wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him and what he did. And I couldn't even imagine my daughter. I almost lost her.
0: When a family member received a phone call from a dog groomer saying that Arturo Benavidez hadn't picked up his dog from the groomer, the family member started to panic. This was not like Arturo. He was always punctual. The family member was able to track the GPS in his vehicle to the Walmart parking lot, where they would later be told by police that Arturo died in the gunfire.
2: Walk into the Walmart, me and my mother, as usual, normal day, a, uh, and uh that's when we heard uh three gunshots so i told my mom to wait here and see what was going on in front that's when i uh, saw the shooter with a black shirt khaki pants um, and with a gun he was going uh, towards a child maybe if I could remember, maybe like seven, eight years old. That's when I started to shout out to everybody to follow me and to uh, go to this exit door, which is in back of Walmart. Um, and that's where I was pushing everybody out. Like, we need to get out. We need to get out. Uh, people were, you know, going crazy, looking at their phones, uh, not knowing where to go. And I was just. Being patient and very calm, and just getting everyone out as soon as possible.
0: The 25 wounded from gunfire ranged in age from 2 years old to 82 years old. While we would love nothing more than to go into detail about each of the victims, due to time constraints, we are unable to share all of their stories. You can find a link in the show notes that will direct you to the page where you can read about each victim. Much like the Gilroy Garlic Festival Shooter, the El Paso Shooter was very much a loner his entire life. The six foot tall and 220 pound man grew up with a twin sister and an older brother. His father was a therapist and worked with people who are overcoming addiction and was a former addict himself. The Shooter's mom was a nurse and taught health class for a short time at Liberty High School where the Shooter would attend school before transferring to Plano Senior High School where he went on to graduate in 2017. His parents would later divorce in 2011. A classmate said that the shooter was always by himself and that he would sit alone on the bus to and from school. He would tease and make fun of other kids that played in the school band and played on the sports teams at school. The shooter would sometimes sit with a group of high school classmates during the lunch hour and discuss anime and politics. His peers would say that he wasn't necessarily racist or rude. He would just make odd comments and ask different questions. He would make comments about how he couldn't wait to be old enough to buy a gun. He didn't have very many friends, if any. His classmates would say that the shooter was always a bit strange.
6: He had no known criminal history. A picture from his yearbook quotes him saying... It's interesting to learn about how the world of law enforcement works.
0: He was like, kind of always like walking alone. Didn't seem like he had too many friends.
6: Daniel Ha is a former classmate.
0: He was like one of those people that kind of just sat in the back of the classroom. Neighbors said that the family very rarely went on family vacations because the shooter would become carsick during long trips. From 2017 until the spring of 2019, The shooter attended Cullen College, a small community college in McKinney, Texas. While the shooter was attending college, he was living with his grandparents. Six weeks prior to the shooting, the shooter had moved out of his grandparents' home, and they had no idea where he had been staying since then.
6: We do not know. We know his father worked at a psychiatric hospital and until six weeks ago, he was living with his grandparents. We also know that FBI agents searched his grandparents' home and two other locations today. And they also seized security footage from a Walmart he frequented. And the weapon used in that attack was bought legally. LinkedIn page, he says, I'm not really motivated to do more than what's necessary to get by. Now, investigators are trying to unravel what would lead this self-described slacker to drive hundreds of miles, walk into a Walmart with a gun, and allegedly kill 20 people.
0: We are devastated by the events of El Paso and pray for the victims of this tragedy.
6: This is a friend reading a statement issued by his grandparents this afternoon.
0: He lived with us in our house in Allen, Texas, while he attended junior college. His
6: grandparents asked for privacy.
0: The shooter didn't have any sort of criminal record. One time, in 2014, his parents called the police, thinking that he had run away. However, he came home just 30 minutes later, unharmed. Just minutes before the shooting began, the shooter had posted a four-page, 2300-word manifesto onto an online message board called 8chan. The now-deleted white nationalist and anti-immigrant manifesto states how the shooter was worried about the Mexican invasion into Texas and a possible Hispanic invasion. The shooter would continue to write about how his so-called Hispanic invasion was the destruction of America. He would praise the Christchurch shooter who killed 51 people and injured 49 when he opened fire at two Christchurch mosques in New Zealand. The shooter had full expectations of dying that August 3rd morning, writing in his manifesto,
1: I'm probably going to die today. The letter, the shooter describes himself as a white nationalist, a right-wing extremist consumed by conspiracy theories. In short, he thinks that white people are being replaced by immigrants in this country. The letter states, This attack is in response to the Hispanic invasion of Texas. They are the instigators, he wrote. Not me. I'm simply defending my country from cultural and ethnic replacement brought on by an invasion. He blames Democrats and Republicans, David, and corporate America as well. He even writes about the destruction of the environment going on. He says, most of y'all are just too stubborn to change your lifestyle. So the next logical step is to decrease the number of people in America who are using resources. If we can get rid of enough people, he wrote, then our way of life can become more sustainable. And finally. A personal moment here. The letter says that he hoped he would not survive the mass shooting. Capture, in this case, is far worse than dying during the shooting, he says, because I'll get the death penalty anyway.
0: Since the shooter surrendered himself to Texas Ranger Motorcycle Officer, just minutes after his shooting rampage, he began talking to investigators, and he was not holding anything back he would tell detectives that he was trying to kill all the Mexicans and that the Mexicans were taking over the country. The FBI held a press conference warning the public that other violent extremists could be inspired by the attack and to be on lookout for copycat attacks.
2: Shooter was trying to convey to his peers that he had thought this through.
6: Megan Squires tracks far-right online extremism and worries the attack could lead to others.
2: They're inspiring each other. They're creating this narrative where they're valorizing one another.
0: The shooter used a WASR-10 rifle, much like the Gilroy Garlic Festival shooter. The gun is a semi-automatic rifle, which is a civilian version of an AK-47. Officials have said that the weapon was purchased legally However, those are the only details available at this time. The judge has denied him bond, and the shooter will remain in custody at the downtown El Paso County Jail until he stands trial. The state will be seeking the death penalty.
4: The state charge is capital murder, and so he is eligible for the death penalty. Uh, We will seek the death penalty.
0: The investigation into the shooting is still ongoing. The Walmart store is expected to be closed until early September. The store has transferred some employees to other stores while they await the reopening of their store. There are some employees who are still fighting the demonic scene they had witnessed that day, and the store is allowing those workers as much time as they need until they are ready to return to work, all while still being paid. All of the 19 Walmart stores in El Paso have been offering counseling and therapy to all employees who feel the need to seek therapy, free of cost. On August 19, 2019, the shooter, who is still being held at the El Paso County Jail, was put on suicide watch. The watch was recommended by the medical staff at the jail facility. The man was placed under close watch with the corrections officers checking on the shooter every 30 minutes. He was separated from other inmates and placed in a single cell by himself. He will most likely have to wear an inmate suicide suit, which is basically a one-piece suit made out of paper, making it impossible for the inmate to harm themselves with the clothes they are wearing. Once the investigation is complete and we have a complete profile of the shooter, we will release another episode about the El Paso shooter. As a reminder, the Active Shooter team is taking part in the Don't Name Them and No Notoriety campaigns, and therefore, we are not naming the shooters that carry out these heinous acts in our episodes. If you would like to learn more about the Don't Name Them and No Notoriety campaigns, please click on the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening to Active Shooter. We will see you next week with another episode.
4: I'm Woody Overton, host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Join me each week to hear true and unscripted stories of the cases I actually worked during my career as a major crime investigator in South Louisiana. Go to realliferealcrime.com where you can listen to each week's episodes and find links to our social media. I appreciate y'all. Don't let me catch you down on the bike. Oh, no.
5: From the brilliant creative minds that brought you Keep Drinking, It'll Get Better, and the Real Housewives of Hillcrest Nursing Home, comes the podcast that people are raving about. Hi, this is Edward October for OctoberPodVHS.com, here to tell you what people are saying about our true crime podcast. A thread store in Arizona says, too much dribble and slang. These ladies obviously enjoy their own humor and sound high hey at least they called you ladies benny from idaho says your topics are so appealing but a three-person pod is difficult enough to follow without banter um our true crime podcast only has two people wait 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 wait. where's the other 100 five-star reviews can somebody give me the five-star reviews okay here we go much better Luscious Lee says, stand up, five stars. You girls are funny AF. I especially love the me and Mrs. Jones rendition you sneak into the recording. Cherry G 107 says, I struggle finding a new podcast, and so far, I've been hooked to you guys' podcasts. Keep up the good work. Thumbs up, thumbs up. Smiley face. Our true crime podcast, two girls, one story, and lots of bad renditions of songs you love available on your favorite podcatcher go binge it today
0: here's a list of the sources we use to write this episode holly silverman and amir vera from cnn chaz danner from the new york intelligencer alexia campbell from vox.com andrew Blinkstein and minnie von burke from NBC news jenny jarvie david montero sahana husan from the los angeles times simone romero Manny Fernandez, Mariel Padilla, and Nicholas Bogle burrows from the New York Times, Bill Hutchinson, Aaron Katersky, and Josh Morgelin from the ABC News, Nate Chute, Carl Gels, and James Sargent from the El Paso Times, Jordan Rosensky, Justin Hamill, and Anna Kaplan from the DailyBeast.com, Sonia Mansour from Time Magazine, and Aaron Montez from USA Today.